I'm Anna. And I'm Brad. And welcome to our podcast, Continued Conversations, where we dive deeper into hot topics in rehab and the real world. Welcome back to Continued Conversations. This is another one of our bonus episodes with one of our team members, Melissa Anderson. Uh, Mel, would you mind giving us a little bit of background on yourself? Who are you and what's your role at QLI slash Continued Tele-Rehab? Sure. Um, like Brad said, I go by Mel. I am an occupational therapist that works um, with our team pretty closely with Anna, um, serving the individuals, brain injury, spinal cord injury, stroke, concussion. Um, I love vision. So vision therapy has been a passion of mine as an OT. Um, also just upper extremity post-acute or post-stroke, sorry, or post-TBI. Um, I love working on the arm as well. And bigger picture, I think I love just thinking about and envisioning people's lives and helping them get back to the things that they love. So OTs, I think it's cool that we have a hand in all of that when it comes to the physical cognitive side of things, and then thinking pretty big picture when it comes to getting people back to life. And prior to continue tele-rehab, you were at QLI, uh, working with people in an inpatient setting. What was the transition like for you going from uh, working more in person to doing it virtually? It was fun. I think part of it was pretty exciting for me. Um, very scary, I would say as well. You know, I always say that when going to school and being in an OT school, you never think that you're going to be a virtual therapist. And so the hands-on is really what makes sometimes us therapists and changing that mindset a bit on how we can still be helpful and reach a lot of patients at a distance and not have to be in person. Um, I think one of the biggest fears I had was building rapport and never meeting someone face-to-face. And could I still build rapport with those clients as well as I could in person? Cause I felt like that was always a strength of mine. So I think that was very much a fear and always kind of talked about that too. Um, it's been interesting too, just talking with people, I think, it's shifted a little bit post pandemic, what people's responses are when you say that you deliver um, therapy virtually. And so it used to be, oh my gosh, you know, pre pandemic, oh my gosh, how do you do that? I don't think that makes sense. And now that we've all kind of been exposed to the healthcare world and being behind a screen quite a bit, whether that's in a learning school environment or with our own physicians having to meet with them over the computer, I think people are starting to get it a little bit more. Hmm. Mel, uh, you left out one, I think, major point in your whole journey is that Mel was actually the continue employee initially. She kind of founded and started this whole company. And I think we've mentioned this in past podcasts, but, um, you know, continue was started before the pandemic. So there was a big need for um, filling a gap before even all of the virtual stuff took off pre pre COVID. Um, So I think that's that's something to mention as well. Um, but to get into less uh, work questions here, Mel, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? Um, wine. <laughs> Just joking. I would not I sustain mean, it's a you. Right? I'm joking. No. Yeah, uh, I would say probably sushi, like in some sort of form. So it doesn't have to be in a roll form, but I eat a lot of like rice or fish or some sort of bowl with rice in it sushi but then tacos I don't know you could have like a sushi taco yeah I mean like taco bowls I do that quite a bit too with rice yeah so yeah, some sort of rice bowl sushi inspired 
Um, okay. And what's your most embarrassing moment? Oh Lord. Do you, you guys don't have enough time for this. I have so many embarrassing moments. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, one of my most embarrassing moments I think was when I think it was an OT school still, I was starving and I was going to pick up food for Ricky and I talking on the phone, probably, you know, safely on my Bluetooth, but talking on the phone while I was going to go get food and King Kong, you know, King Kong, everyone heroes, um, sounded delicious. (laughs) So went through the drive-thru ordered two big gyros or gyros sandwiches and got up to the window paid and left and got home and realized I had no food. <laughs> so they even like, not only did I pay, I paid with cash. They gave me change and I left. Oh, Mel. <laughs> that is that is a very Mel thing to do. Yeah, I had no food. I, oh, I felt like the interaction with getting the change was comparable to getting my <laughs> So got home, realized when I got out of the car that I didn't have any food taken. <laughs> Um, went back and the embarrassing part about it. So that wouldn't be that embarrassing, right? It was just me, but get back and I say, hello, like at the, where you have to order. Cause I didn't want to go inside. And I was like, I love my food. And you could just hear laughter oh, from no. behind the little screen. And then I showed up and they were still laughing and gave me my food and I went on my way. So you've never seen him again, right? Never seen them again. <laughs> I, I hope the food was good. The food was really good. Um, but yeah, little that was a little bit embarrassing. Not my most embarrassing, but I think my other embarrassing QLI story. Oh, wow. Um, not that you asked, but I'll just go into that one. Cause I feel like a lot of people. <laughs> ask that. Um, I, you know, OTs, we get up pretty early and we're, we tend to be in the houses pretty early wanting to help with routines and ADLs and, Um, I went to an all girls school. So when I would get out of school or out of bed for school in the mornings, I pretty much rolled out of bed and got there. It took me five minutes or less to get out of bed and going, well, a little bit similar when I was going to QLI, I ran down to the dryer, put on a sweatshirt and got in, you know, my leggings and got all dressed and came to, to work to help with some ADLs and a patient kept like looking at like upper, like right under my neck area, chest area up, up top. And I was like, what is going on? And he was trying to communicate with me that like, there was something wrong there. And I looked down and I had a shirt in my sweatshirt (laughs) stuffed in my sweatshirt. So it was coming out. (laughs) I had no idea. 730 comes really fast. (laughs) So that poor guy, he was trying to tell me too. And I was like, what is going on? But it was, I can't believe how unobvious that was to me. <laughs> you, you weren't, you know what? You weren't thinking about what you looked like. You yeah. didn't, didn't even stop to look at me. That's great. So that's great. Yeah. Um, well, you referenced Ricky earlier and Brad and I both know who Ricky is. He's your wonderful husband, but how did you guys meet? Ricky and I met um, freshman year of college. So he was roommates with one of my friends and just became friends. We had a big group of friends and you guys just celebrated an anniversary. What was it? It was a bigger one, wasn't it? Yeah. We just celebrated our 10 year wedding anniversary. Yeah. Congrats. That's Thank exciting. You. 
Mel, golden birthdays are like really big. Do you, is Mm -hmm. a golden anniversary really like what day of the month were you guys married? Um, oh, good question, Brad. 30th. 30th. So 30th anniversary (laughs) will be like a golden anniversary. Is that? Yeah. 30 years. That would be, but I do get in trouble about the anniversary because I can never remember if it's the 30th or 31st. It's so close to my birthday. I remember my birthday, not necessarily the anniversary aspect. And and July. And July, July, yeah, same. So it's a big month. Big month for me. Um, Mel, before you became an OT, so Mm -hmm. before you started your career, what was another job that you had that was impactful for you? Um, I had a couple that I really enjoyed. One probably a little bit more impactful than the other. One of my first jobs that I really loved was I was a gift wrapper at Borshines. Oh. So in high school, I actually did that for the holidays, which was really fun. I've always loved a gift wrap, which is kind of a random fact about me. I enjoy doing that. Um, so matching papers and bows and all that. Look forward to that. Um, so that was a one of my favorite jobs. But one of the most impactful jobs, I would say, was probably being a waitress. I mean, I know everyone says that and hears that, that that just gives you a lot of great skills and you, a lot of understanding of serving others. But I really do feel like that gave me a lot of opportunities to um, just meet people and just that service aspect providing service and Mm -hmm. the importance of the service industry and customer service and all of those things that we still talk about with what we do kind of started to build those stones when it came to probably my job today. Very, very, very foundational. Mm -hmm. Where were you a waitress at? Ruby Tuesdays. Oh yeah. I started Mm -hmm. off as a hostess. Um, and then I just worked my way up. Isn't that how it usually works? You You start as a hostess. I don't know, Brad. No, (laughs) felt like I, not everyone, not everyone. (laughs) Okay. Fair. I felt like I, it was really special. Didn't mean to take away from it being special at all. Uh, did you always want to be an OT? Uh, no, I wanted to be a dentist actually. So when I went to Creighton university, I was pre-dental until my sophomore year. Um, this was before I did any shadowing of a dentist. Um, and then when I did do shadowing of a dentist, um, at Creighton, they see like anyone and everyone, um, and dentures kind of did me in. They're kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. They just, get that. Yeah, that was hard. And I was like, I just can't imagine pulling teeth. And so I didn't really think it through. Um, and then actually my grandmother had an OT around the same time. So that's kind of how I transitioned. I didn't even know Creighton had an OT program, but the stars aligned and kind of looked into it and really loved it. Um, I do like being an OT. Steve would argue with me that I'm tied to it. I'm not tied to being an OT, but (laughs) I do enjoy being an OT. Mouth mouth injuries kind of do me in too. Yeah. And speech, like I, I I don't know, speech, the the swallowing scares me. So, yeah. Um, So you've, you've been an OT, gotten into that profession. What kind of advice would you give to someone that is maybe on that same path or even starting out their career as an occupational therapist? I think just being flexible. Um, so going into OT school, I think so many students have this idea of what population they're going to work with. Um, and so I think that that can change and being open to that change. Uh, so I started off going, wanting to be a pediatric OT. 
and then kind of throughout the, my school career and then worked at a skilled nursing facility before QLI was the geriatrics because I love them as well. Um, but just being flexible and always pushing yourself. So it's great as an OT, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself into one area that you can have lots of different practice areas. So, and you can change throughout your career too. So just because you start in one doesn't mean that you have to stay with that. It's great. Okay. If you could start your own business tomorrow and do anything, what would it be? I've actually been thinking about this. Um, I would love to go clean out people's closets and style them with what they already have. Oh, would you want like a TLC show as well? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like you're right, Anna, some sort of reality show with that. Okay. So you create a reality TV. What do you know about closets? Are you, do you like closets? Do you have a closet, a big closet? What? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not a leading question at all. (laughs) It's not about the closets, Brad. I've been really thinking about even my own clothes. I do love style and styling people and putting things together. Um, and knowing, I don't know, people's bodies and trying to, to make them feel and look good. Um, so it's more about the clothes, but it's also a little bit of shift that you don't need more. Like, let's see what you have in your closet and let's work with those and let me style what you already have. Mel's very thrifty. I will give that to her. She's yeah, She's very good at that. So if anybody needs that advice, contact Melissa. All right. Last question, closing question for you. Who has been a mentor to you? doesn't have to be in the workplace. could be in life. Who's been a mentor? Um, the first person that comes to mind for that is at QLI actually is John Pearson. So John Pearson has just been an amazing mentor, um, for me, not just work and life, a good friend. Um, I just love spending time with him and you guys know John pretty well. Um, but has just always given great advice, always a great listener, which I think is a big deal for men, mentors as well as just really cares. So that's awesome. We'll, we'll get to hear a little bit more about John and from John soon as he's going to be on one of our podcasts. Oh, good. So we're excited about that. That'll be fun. Well, thank you, Melissa, for being with us. Um, it's always fun to get to know the people that we work with a little bit deeper and for you guys as listeners to get to know the team as well. Um, so thanks so much you for tuning in and listening with us today. We are excited to introduce you to more team members in the future. Thanks for joining the conversation today. If you found it helpful, please share with your family and friends. You can learn more about us on our website at continuetellerehab.com. We're also on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us there.